Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. My title today is, Are You Ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Okay. And, uh... You're going to find out why I'm asking the question in a little bit, okay? Uh, my name is Minister Sandra Gravney, and um, thank you. Uh, I'm one of the associate ministers at Harvest Church. Uh, love being at Harvest Church. Love being at Harvest Church. It's a good place to get uh, fed and rejuvenated and just set on fire for God. So it's a good place. And um, I just like to also um, uh, give a shout out to Dr. and um, Pastor and Mrs. Howe. Uh, they have been they have been good shepherds. Uh, you know, you can have a, a a so-so shepherd. That means he doesn't let you get out of the gate uh, while his eyes are open. Then you have a a good shepherd, and he keeps a watch over you all the time. And we have a good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. So I just thank God for for both of them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and the times that we're living in. Have you kind of been looking at the news a little bit? Not a whole lot, but it's a little bit. Everything going on in Israel? Okay. And, you know, you do know that everything that needs to be filled in Bible prophecy has already been fulfilled. You know that, right? Okay. So the question why I have up there is, are you ready? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because you know and I know that before this church is raptured and taking up uh, into heaven, there will be a great, the Bible says there's going to be a great revival that takes place, an awesome move of God where hundreds of thousands of people are going to get saved. And the reason why that's going to happen is because God loves you so much. He loves the people so much that his desire is that no one get left behind. And so to ensure that we grab that he grabs as many people as he can before the church is raptured, there will be a unbelievable move of God on this earth and so that's my question are you ready okay because you got to understand that the only hands and feet that God has down here on this earth is where (laughs) you got it it is you and so in order for this great gathering of people before he comes in order for that to happen what are we going to have to do hmm we got to get busy you got we got to get busy let me help you a little bit do you remember when we had uh, pastor birthday the 22nd of October and evangelist clean scale got up and what did he say? He had charged us a year ago to do something, okay? And were you like me 
cringing in your seat, okay, because you did not fulfill that small obligation? Well, I'm going to help you tonight understand why it was a struggle for the majority of us, okay? I'm going to help you understand that tonight. So anyway, but we, we are the Holy Spirit. I thought about this on the way in. The Holy Spirit is for this dispensation. Am I correct? Okay. And before he leaves this, because after the tribulation, he's not here. Okay. But before he leaves, he's going to gather as many souls as he can so he could take a boatload, really more, more than a boatload. He's going to take a large number of people to be with the Father. That's good news. That's good news. And not only is it good news, I'll tell you what, it's exciting news. And the reason why it's exciting news is that look at what we're walking into the next 10, 20, 30 years. There's going to be some exciting things happening on this earth. And I, for one, want to be part of it. I don't want anything to happen down here that relates to God and his move and what he's doing that I'm not a part of. And I'm trusting that's where you are. But as I've gotten to do some reading, and, I, and part of this is because I've been, I've been studying lately on revelations. I mean, I'm sorry. Y'all can sit down. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I apologize because as I'm getting older, I want to hear those words sooner and sooner, okay? <laughs> so I apologize. But let's go ahead and open up with prayer, and then we'll go on. Father, we come before you right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father. You're an awesome God. And your love for us is unbelievable. How you just keep pouring your love on us day after day. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and his great sacrifice of love for us. And we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Oh, that has such great patience with us. And always there to help us and guide us and lead us and teach us and usher us into all truth. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So as I said... The nice part, the wonderful part about God is that he is going to move supernaturally by the spirit of God. But as he moves by the spirit of God, his, his goal, his whole goal is that those who don't know about Christ and have not had a chance, even if you know about Christ, but you just decided you're not going to, today is not your day, okay? He is going to give everyone an opportunity to embrace the gospel prior to rapturing the church, and I'm excited about that, okay? And so, it, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Um, whenever God wants to do a move in terms of gathering the non-believers, okay, he can't do that. We said he has to have us, right? Okay, and so we've got to be in a position where he can use us. So he begins with who? He begins with the church. Now you can say ouch there. Because he will begin with the church. A glorious church will be an invitation 
to those who don't know about Christ. The church in its place, doing what it should be doing, signs and wonders, okay? The anointing of God, the glory of God. The church who is doing that will draw people to the kingdom. And when people, uh, I'm trying to say things in a nice way, kind of trying to be nice, but, you know, kind of get the point, of course. But when we have altar calls, okay, 90% of those altar calls are people who already know about Christ. They're just returning back. We're not, we're not pulling in people who have never heard about Christ, hadn't been witnessed to, and I know because of the generation we live in, there are people who have never even darkened the steps of a church. And we're not talking about one person and not two people. When I was young, that was very seldom something that would happen. But in this day and age, generation after generation have not been in the church house. And so we have a job to do. We have a tremendous job to do, okay? And so uh, God is expecting us to be in a position where we can make, that we can draw people. And if we're not drawing people, then there's a problem. And the problem is not with God. Are you, would you agree with that? He is not with him. Okay, so I'm going to have you quickly go to um, a very wise person in the Bible. And his name was Hezekiah. Go to 2 Chronicles 29. And uh, I'm going to, okay, now, now Hezekiah, uh, he began to reign when he was 25 years old, very young man, 25. And when he began to reign, uh, you got to remember now, he followed his father, his, he followed his father as king. He didn't follow his father in terms of behavior. Now, his father was a wicked king. But I notice here, it says he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. So they mention his mother's name. They don't usually do that. But they mention his mother's name because I'm thinking she's the reason why he was a just king. Because his father most certainly didn't influence him in the direction he needed to go, which is serving God. So it's, that's why her name comes up. I'm almost sure of that, okay? And he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, his forefather had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, which his father had closed. His father was so wicked, he closed up the church and repaired them. He brought together the priests and Levites in the square of, on the east and said to them, Levites, hear me. Now sanctify, purify, and make free from sin yourselves and the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the filth from the holy place. So Ahaz, his father, had really done some horrible things. And he had taken some of the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the uh, bowls and stuff out of the, out of the temple. He brought in things that, were un, uh, that God does not require for worship. He was just a wicked man, okay? 
and <clears throat> he, he led Israel into sin. And consequently, they were not happy. They were paying a price for it. And so, uh, and if you look at verse 10, it says, he's talking to the, um, the, the priest, and he says, and now it is my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, and his fierce anger, that his fierce anger may turn away from us. So he's, he's, he's leading the people, but he's starting with who? He's starting with the priests and who else? And the Levites. That's who he's starting with. So the people, he, he, the people, that core group, he knows if he gets them going and changes their lives, then they can get excited and they'll spill out into the area. And when he finally uh, got to the point where he addressed the people, he had already, the Levites and the, and, and the priests had already prayed. They had already sacrificed. They were in a position now to go out and touch the people. I don't believe God's going to operate any differently in this dispensation. He's got to clean up the church first, get us excited, get us ready, and then we can go out and impact everybody else. Does that make sense? Okay. And so how is that going to happen? Well, like I said, it's going to begin with us. If you go to 2 Chronicles 7.14, 2 Chronicles 7.14, right in the Bible, God gives us a formula. What's the formula? What, how does it need to happen? 2 Chronicles 7, and we're going to look at verse 14. Familiar, familiar uh, passage? I know you've heard it before, but we're going to dissect it a little bit different, okay? And it says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So what does he tell you to do first? Who are my people who are called by my name, if they shall humble themselves, so you mean the church, God wants us to humble ourselves before him? You think he does that? Oh, yes, he does. But what is true humility? That's the next question. What is that? What is true humility? Anybody got an idea? Bible study, you can talk back to me. It's okay. <laughs> well, true humility is nothing more than realizing that your whole existence Everything that you are and everything that you do is all dependent on God Almighty. He is God Almighty. You are, as far as, now he doesn't, I'm not taking the value away from you, but as far as he's concerned, you, he's, you're valuable in his sight, but you're down there. He's up here. He's everything, okay? He's God Almighty. And so sometimes we get things twisted a little bit, Especially if you're, I, I, I hate saying this all the time, but I do have to say it. If you grow up in this country, okay, your whole concept of me and who I am gets 
terribly distorted, terribly distorted. And we have a tendency to think we are not only better than other people, we think we are better than the legislatures, we think we are better than our governing bodies. Am I correct? We always think we know it all, not realizing that that same attitude reflects itself in the church and how we look at God. It impacts us. And the reason why it impacts us, how do we know that? Because some of us have decided that we can do what we want, and it doesn't matter. And God is going to be okay with it because he is the gracious God, right? The long-suffering God, <laughs> the merciful God. And we forget that he does have some requirements. And the requirements are not negotiable. They're only negotiable in your head, okay? But as far as God's concerned, they're not negotiable. He's called us to be a holy people. That's what he's called us to be. He hasn't changed his mind about holiness. Now, I know some of the world has crept into the church, and we have allowed a lot. And there are churches that will go so far as violating God's law to the nth degree. And I just find that amazing. That as a people, one reason why you get led that way is because you don't know the word. Because if you know, if you study the word, then you know that's not how God presented it to you. But the other problem we have is that we live in a society where prayer, peer pressure. Now, we talk about it for children all the time, right? You get to your children, you know, you're not supposed to bow to peer pressure, okay? We tell our kids that all the time. But when we get to be an adult, <laughs> we forget those same pressures are still there. And so a lot of things that we do, we do because everybody else is doing it. That's peer pressure, people, <laughs> okay? That's peer pressure for adults. And one of the things I say all the time is that you cannot be a wimp and do this, okay? It takes real backbone to do this the way God has written it out. Now, and, and that's, that, that's not easy. That, it's not easy. Because ever so often your flesh will rise up and it'll want to do something that you know is not in this word. And then you got a choice to make. Now, for me, it's not as, it's not as hard. And the reason why it's not as hard for me is because I was raised by Annie, okay? And Annie was a sweetheart. Now, she would never raise her voice. She didn't yell at you. Uh, now, she could talk you <laughs> for a long time if you did something wrong. <laughs> you might get a lecture for about an hour, okay? You almost want to go get a spanking stick and say, hey, just, just, just spank me. Okay, but she didn't yell. She wouldn't raise her voice, okay? But she had this way of saying to you, and especially if you came by and you said, I did it because so-and-so did it, okay? The first thing she would say, oh, yes. She'd say, did you resist unto death? <laughs> that was her favorite line. And you know the answer. I'm looking at her with my two eyes. <laughs> Apparently not, because that was the answer. And then her next thing, was, her next statement would be, 
nobody can make you do anything you don't want to do. If you joined in, it's because you wanted to join in. Nobody can make you do what you don't want to do. That's how I was raised. And so consequently, peer pressure is not as hard on me as it's on other folks. It really isn't. Because I know I had to go home and answer to <laughs> Annie when I got home, okay? So, uh, but we, we, we have let a lot of that creep into the church. And um, matter of fact, Jesus, if you go to, um, let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 24. Uh, Jesus makes a very profound statement there. He says, uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. Good heavens. That's a tall order. And take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example in living. I'm going to repeat that part again. Conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. That's why I love the Amplified Bible. It just gets down to the, <laughs> to the nuts and bolts. But Christ said we have to conform wholly to his example in living. Ooh, does that make you go ouch? It makes me go ouch. We have to conform to him totally in living? Ooh, that's a tall order. He didn't say it was impossible. Okay, some of us act like it's impossible. It's not impossible, but it is a tall order, okay? Realizing um, that, uh, you know, God just wants us to have a heart to seek him and to be humble with him. And humble means I agree with his will. Jesus did everything the Father. He said, I don't do anything, right, that the Father doesn't agree with. He said, I don't do anything. Can we say that as believers? I don't do anything I know Jesus wouldn't agree with. Do we say that? Can we say that? getting real quiet in here but it makes you think doesn't it? okay so that's one thing uh, that, uh, that uh, God wants us to do is to humble yourself to humble ourselves okay so uh, what's important about the humbling of yourself because as you're getting more heavenly minded and you're humbling yourself, okay, you're, be you're beginning to see things God's way, right? And then you begin to have an idea, a more of an idea of what eternity is like. Because God's going to reveal that to you. I'm looking forward to eternity. I really am. Because that means I get to live with God. And I tell you what, the other day I thought about this and I thought, you know what? You get a glorified body, and I don't know about you, but I tell you what, there are days when this body just wants to do what it wants to do and think the way it wants to think, 
And I thought the other day, you don't know how I'm looking forward to this glorified body, God. Because that way, it's not going to get up one morning and say, I don't want to do that, okay? It's just not going to do it. And I'm looking, I'm telling you, that's an exciting, that has gotten me so excited the last couple of days. You don't know. I won't have to deal with stupid thoughts, okay? I mean, just think about that. That's an awesome, that is something to look forward to. Makes you get excited about going home, I'm telling you. Okay, so the first thing he says is that we need to um, humble ourselves, right? Okay, and then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to uh, seek God's face. He says seek God's face, right? Okay, go to Psalms 105.4. 1054 Psalms 105 verse 4 And what does that say? It says seek inquire of and for, and of for the Lord and crave him and his strength his might and inflexibility to temptation seek and require his face and his presence continually evermore he says to do it continually you need to seek his face continually and when he are the words he used in there about seek inquire of and for the lord it's not just a matter of reading your bible one one day or for an hour or you know whatever it's more than that it becomes a lifestyle where you are seeking god all the time could you imagine being in that place where seeking God becomes such a priority to you? Now, I'm not talking about forgetting all your responsibilities because we do have responsibilities. But when, you, when you're taking care of all those responsibilities and you know all of us have time beyond the responsibilities, that time when you just want to sit down and watch that TV show, okay, and I don't know what your favorite TV show is, but it doesn't matter if it's taking your time up, right? Uh, for some reason, I, 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 I liked watching this one show called Escape to the Country. It's totally in England. I am not going to buy a house in England, okay? I know that. I know if I spend two hours watching that, I have wasted my time because I'm not spending a dime to move to England. But I like the show, okay? Now, could I use better, <laughs> make a better choice with my time? I can. I can. So sometimes we have, to, we have to make a decision of what we're not going to do. Uh, if you would go to um, Genesis 5, I want to show you somebody who really found seeking God was really became an important thing with him. That's Genesis 5, verses 21 to 22. Okay, and I'm going to get there real quick. Okay. Genesis 5 to 22. And this is a person named Enoch. Now, when he is, well, go back to 21 first. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. And there was something about the birth of Methuselah that changed Enoch forever. And so then it says, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship 
with God after the birth of Methuselah. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And it says, and Enoch walked in, once again, habitual fellowship with God. And he was not, for God took him home with him. Could you imagine? This is a man who understood seeking God's face. He was such in such, uh, such seeking God so closely and spending such close time with God that one day God just said, hey, Enoch, don't go home. Come on up here with me. Because you, that's phenomenal. Oh, yes. He just said, just, just, just don't, don't go home tonight. Just come up here. And Enoch just walked with the Lord into glory. <laughs> that's, that's amazing to me. Okay? But when you, when you, when you have that kind of determin determination to seek God, matter of fact, David talked about that. If you go to Psalms 27, 8, and I'm not, I apologize. I don't believe I gave that one to, um, uh, to um, uh, the sound booth, but it's Psalms 27, verse 8. I'm going to get there in about one minute. Okay. And this is David. He's talking. He says, you have said, seek my face, inquire for and require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for and require of necessity and on the word of your Lord, uh, of your word, of the authority of your word. Now, he's saying, I'm going to seek you as a vital need. You, do you know what a vital need is? Now, what, what's a vital need? You have to have it. Okay. So if I put my hand over your mouth, okay, and you can't breathe, what are you likely to do? I hope you're not going to do that. You were going to fight to get my hand off of you so you could breathe, because that's a vital need, okay? <laughs> water is a vital need. You can't go more than how many days without water? Three. Three days, more than three days without water, you're in trouble. Food is a necessity. How long can you go without food? 40 days, and then you become, it becomes a problem. Those are what we call vital needs. You have to have them. And David is telling us, and God is saying here, he wants you to seek him the same way you would if, I, if, you, if you didn't have any water. Matter of fact, you see in Gaza right now, people are walking how long? Some two miles, three miles, ten miles, an hour to get water because water is a vital need. It's a vital need. Okay, but God wants us to seek him that same way. Uh, okay, so then the next thing is, he, in that verse, it tells us to turn away from sin. And uh, I'm going to have you read, I'm going to read, I'm sorry, I'm going to read uh, 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. 
So I think if we would approach this, this scripture a little bit differently, we would behave differently, okay? And that's 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to get there in about one minute. And it is verse 19, I believe we're going to. Uh, no. Did I tell you the wrong place to go? I'm sorry. First Corinthians. I'm in Second Corinthians. Did I tell you First Corinthians? Okay, I just went to the wrong place. Okay. Okay, 6, 19, and 20. Okay. It says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? He doesn't take a vacation. He doesn't leave for a week. He lives in you. Okay? He's there every day. Whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. Oh, you have been bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for, made his own. So you're not your own. You don't have authority over yourself. God does. So what he says goes, not what you say. Oh, it says, so then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Now, I know we have used this verse to browbeat our young people and to tell them they need to, uh, uh, to stay away from having sex outside of marriage. And we have used that, we have used that, and we have used it. But I think it applies to more than just that, okay? Do you use your mouth to lie? Is your mouth part of your body? Hmm? Okay. Do you use your, 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 um, are you mean to people? Okay, not nice to people. I'll say nice, nice. Are you not nice to people? Not loving as you should be? Not kind as you should be? It's your body you're using to do that with, right? Okay. But the Bible says you're not your own. You were bought with a price. And when God uh, bought you with a price, he put his spirit in you so that you can do what he's called you to do. Because he already knew you couldn't do it by yourself. Aren't you glad he loves us that much? He knew you couldn't do it. He wasn't even trying to act like you were going to get there. He said, you say this in his prayer, I'm putting my spirit in you. Because you need all the help you can get, okay? I need you to act like Christ. And you're not going to act like Christ unless the Holy Spirit's in you to help you. And even with the Holy Spirit in us to help us, guess what? We still mess it up. We still mess it up. Because really, to tell you the truth, be honest with you, unless you decide that you're going to die to yourself, 
and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, then every day is going to be a struggle, and the Holy Spirit is not going to fight with you. He is a gentleman. We've always said that, right? He's not going to fight with you every day. Now, he will, you know, bring some things to your remembrance, gently say, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, but he's not going to fight with you every day. And so consequently, this is the bad part about it. When we talk about integrity in the church, when we talk about holiness in the church, and I know everybody in here has probably heard somebody say somewhere along the journey, they don't want to come to church because there's too many hypocrites up there. I know you've heard people say it. I know you think it's an excuse, and in some cases it is an excuse, but in a lot of cases, they are telling the truth. Because what we say we are and how we live don't match. And so one of the things God's going to do when he comes in with this great move of the Holy Spirit, he's going to start with us and clean up the church so that when we walk out of here, we will be a glory to him, first of all. And as a result, we're going to do what? Draw other people to him. And they're coming not because you want to fill a pew in the church. I know sometimes people teach that, but that's not why they're coming. They're coming because God loves them, and he wants them not to perish. He wants them to spend eternity with him. That's what he wants more than anything else. And he needs us to be the kind of example because every time a person says the sinner's prayer, guess what? God gets the glory. Every time they get delivered, guess what? God gets the glory. I, I love reading this. Go, let's go to, um, uh, this is probably my last scripture. Let's go to Isaiah 61. And I love reading this. I just love reading this. I read it all the time. And I read it to everybody I can read it to. And so you're, since you're my audience today, you get to hear it again too. Okay, uh, 61, verses 1 to 3. And this is what Jesus quoted these verses when he went into the temple. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the meek, the poor, and afflicted. We got a lot of people in those categories. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. A lot of people with broken hearts. To proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prison of the eyes of those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance to our God. To comfort all who mourn. He wants to comfort all who mourn. He wants to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes. That's something they can look forward to. The oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of heavy burden and a failing spirit. Have you ever run into somebody with a failing spirit? They need minister to. And we are the only people that God has that can do it, okay? It's us getting up and doing it. And they may, 
that, that they may be called, hmm, this is when God gets finished with us, oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. All of it so God gets the glory. So we, as a body, are you ready? Let's clean up our acts. Let's get serious about God. And as we get serious about God and we start praying and believing God to make some changes in our lives, he'll move supernaturally. He will clean us up, get us on fire for him, and then we walk out these doors Finding people who want to know about Jesus is not hard, okay? But we also have to see that they deserve to go to eternity with Jesus just like you. When we have that kind of concept burning in our hearts, oh, boy, I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit can do a work out there in the world. He just needs to set us loose and see us go. And that's, to me, good news. That's exciting news. And then we all get to leave this place if you're here before Jesus, before Jesus comes back. You get to go up. Hear me? Yes, shouting news. You get to go up. No plane. Okay. You don't have to worry about none of that. You get to go up. And spend eternity with Jesus in your glorified body. And I'm telling you, that is good news. That is good news. Okay, so I believe I am done. <laughs> okay. I just want everybody to be ready. I really do. And it starts with the church. We have got to get serious about who we are, what we are. And that we are here to do God's bidding and only God's bidding. We are not here to do our own thing. We are not here to give excuses to him about what we can't do and why we can't do it. That's not what we're here for. God has called us all to be ambassadors for him. And that means that we need to get ourselves ready so that when we walk out these doors, people see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.